Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm really excited because today I've got something a little bit different, I guess, for you. So I've got Nicole on and she's the owner of Griff and Co. And she's a wife and a mum to four children. <laughs> and, and along her motherhood journey, she's learned a lot through the various challenges that she's faced while raising her kids. And her three eldest children have gone through the process of diagnosis of various medical and behavioral issues um, that have been a source of both hardship and growth throughout the years. So Nicole has shared her journey with others on a number of different platforms, but most recently she found a passion for sewing and creating. And this passion has inspired her to create her own online business. And she now creates handmade clothing and accessories for babies and children and also supporting mums through motherhood via her blog and providing handmade self-care products and useful items to make mums' lives easier. So Nicole, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I just love this journey that you've talked about you know you've gone through and I think that really sums up motherhood in some ways is there's both the hardship and the growth there's it's like the combination of the challenge and also the magic all rolled into one you know it's hard to really describe motherhood I think to people that haven't had that experience yet and um, I feel like that sums up beautifully really how your journeys turned out for you and now you're creating a beautiful business um around that as well and I've been on to your little storefront and had a look at some of your beautiful and I can see them in the video here as well some of your beautiful items that you've been sewing and pouring your love into and yeah I just think it's so beautiful and yeah, it's a great mission. So did you want to tell us a little bit more about your journey and why you decided to create this business? Sure. So I had kids quite young. I was 21 when I had my eldest, William. Mm. And most of our friends and family members hadn't had children yet or anything like that. And it was a little bit of a lonely road. Mm. And, uh, you know, Will was perfect first baby, just couldn't have asked for an easier baby. He was wonderful in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we welcomed our second son, things started to change a little bit. We faced some challenges we just weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as if there was like, you know, from day one we noticed something or found something that was different with him. It was a gradual thing. 
So, you know, we, we encountered lots of behavioural issues and things that we were not prepared for in the slightest. <laughs> um, and, you know, trying to raise a newborn as well as a, a toddler who was facing that was really tricky. Mm. Uh, you know, then over the years um, we welcomed our third son, Thomas, so we had William, then Jacob, and then Thomas came along and were in the throes of school, kinder, and a baby, um, and it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun and we had a lot of comments like, oh, you've got your hands full and, oh, you know, this, you know, mm. lots of people thinking we were crazy and the comments you get over the years can sometimes be a bit, frustrating but um mm. it was a lot um and then uh, just before Thomas started school I thought my goodness my whole these early years I've just been dealing with appointments and chasing up doctors and doing assessments and all of these things I was studying I, we were building a house all things all at once mm. um it was just a lot and so I decided I need something just for me something to be passionate about and I discovered a love for sewing and um, went from there. And um, I thought, hey, maybe I could turn this into something I could do from home because at the time I wasn't able to hold a job down with how often I was being called out to school and things mm. like that with the kids. So then I just, yeah, then that's where Griffin Co sort of bloomed from. And um, now we've welcomed a fourth baby, which, you know, <laughs> maybe is even more insane, but... Um, <laughs> I finally got a little girl, which was lovely. And oh. so, yeah, I'm not able to do as much sewing at the moment, but we're trying to branch out and see what else we can offer through that. But I'm trying to feel through my blog, I'm able to share some things that maybe, you know, might be going through or facing and hopefully can help some people that way. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. That's such a beautiful story. And yeah, motherhood isn't always easy or the journey that we expect it's going to be right and yeah absolutely <laughs> there's definitely hardship and growth within that journey <laughs> yeah and I think it's a lot of um, second guessing yourself you know um, getting people to take you seriously because you know often what you're dealing with at home is very hard to then translate to somebody when you're trying to explain what's happening and putting it into the right context for someone to understand how serious it might be or, you know, it has been a lot for us. And a lot of uh, loneliness, I think, has come with that. Mm. But over the years, once we did have a diagnosis and things, especially for William, and then through that finding, um, you know, a tribe of other mums who were on that same path it has been really empowering and it's just sort of made it all more manageable on an everyday basis knowing that you're not on your own in it which is good <laughs> yeah and I feel like that is a really big thing in motherhood a lot of mums especially at the beginning of your journey and like what you said if you're one of the first to maybe have children within your group or you've had kids a bit younger and you know your other friends don't really understand that journey yet um it can feel really lonely and unsupported. And even if you do have friends around you that are maybe having children at the same time, everyone's so on their own journey um, that it really can feel isolating. And then if there's 
extra things on top of that you know like if you're dealing with a traumatic birth or you know finding out a diagnosis or a medical condition or your own chronic pain or if you've got a layer of stuff on top of that as well it can feel hard to actually maintain those friendships and feel supported in that and it's not feel sort of like heavy and hard as well it's like oh another thing that I've got to do and I think this really does that's why and you highlighted that in your blog post is finding your tribe and why that is so important on our journey um because you know it's just nice to have people there I guess that you do feel understood by you can call your family call on your family I mean we, I'm very blessed to have my family and my husband's family who are enormously supportive um, of us and they're they're wonderful we've got people to vent to and things like that but it's not the same as the people who really understand going through the same sort of muddy water that you're in mm. having someone else around who you know, when you're dealing with a child at school pick up or drop off who's just not coping and you're, you know, trying to be calm because there's people mm. everywhere and all it takes is just a friendly look from one of those parents who does, who has been in that spot before and just gets it and it's a totally different feeling. Mm. So it is a different sort of support. So it, yeah, it's definitely not to say that family and other friends are not supportive. It's just that difference of knowing that that person has been in your shoes before and yeah that's really helpful I think it can be hard to find those people sometimes and it definitely didn't come straight away it was over a little Mm. bit of time but I'm very grateful to those people especially when you've got a child who maybe struggles to make friendships and things and then their birthday comes around you know those people are going to rock up no matter what and they're going to be there sudden this kid has you know 20 people at a birthday may not have been there before so it's things like that that make it really lovely so where was it do you think that you really sort of found your tribe I think it was really once we were at once William was at school Mm. probably more towards the end of the first year of school William was diagnosed with autism during grade prep and it had been years so from when he was two until when he was five and a half or so mm. before I really found somebody who was willing to hear me out properly mm. and then do an assessment and it was glaringly obvious that I wasn't crazy all those years. <laughs> oh. And it was really amazing for Will that even though he now had like a mm. label, which um, was also a different journey on its own as accepting that label your child now has, it opened a lot of doors for him. And then, you know, you also find that somebody else who who can identify that their child has a new, another label, mm. you sort of link in with those people and go, oh, and, you know, sharing journeys with each other and find, hey, we're on the similar wavelength here. And, and that's kind of where it happened. And I think it takes a, a bit of bravery to talk to those parents and, mm. you know, it's sort of like being in a, a lunchroom at school and you're like, you know, can I sit with you? <laughs> you know, eventually, yeah, they were our biggest supporters and, and still are, even though we're not at the same school as a lot of those people, we're still very much supportive of each other. Mm. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. There's something so powerful in sharing stories and just having that deeper level of sort of understanding and connection. I think we all need that on our motherhood journey. And um, there was something else that you said on the blog post, which was your first sort of thoughts for new special needs parents. Um, and that was your, you said you're allowed to grieve. And I thought that, yeah, it just really struck a chord with me. So I'd love you to sort of explain that a little bit more for our listeners and and what that's about. Yeah, I mean, it was a term that I sort of came across on something else that I'd read along the mm. years. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, that's right. That's sort of what I'm feeling because I think especially with a first child, it's your first baby, you, you imagine all the things you're going to do with your kid and as a family unit. Mm. And then your child comes along and, you know, everything might be wonderful for a while or it might be hard from the day one, you know, depending on your circumstances. But it just isn't what you imagined it would be. Yeah. And I think it was really, like, therapeutic for me to actually have that moment of grieving that imaginary life that I had made Mm. in my mind. And I think once you've allowed yourself to kind of grieve for those things, you can move on to go, okay, but what are the things that we can work with now? I grew up in a very, very active family. We were always busy or we had an extracurricular thing on every day of the week. We were very involved in sports and music and all of those things. And now I have this little boy who, you know, thinks walking five metres is a chore. And (laughs) I'm like is not interested at all in most things that that I grew up knowing. Mm. So it's been hard. Like, how do you then relate to him? If I haven't shared his interests before, how do I build that relationship with him? So kind of adjusting your expectations and thinking, well, okay, well, I'm not going to have a kid who's a pro basketballer. (laughs) (laughs) My son is probably going to be the next Elon Musk. And... (laughs) Look how wonderful that's going to be for him when he finds what he's passionate about. And that's been one of the biggest learning curves is, is, is your child isn't you. And, you know, your child is not going to have your childhood. Mm. It's, he, he's going to have his own, his own path. And I think that's something kind of magical about figuring out what your child is so passionate about. And I think despite whatever diagnosis they might have, there's something that they will be passionate about you know and you just sort of run with it that way but yeah that grieving part I think is is a real thing and it's nothing to be ashamed of I think either like it you're not wishing your child away or wishing they were different it's just grieving that life you'd imagined that you were going to (laughs) have yeah and I feel like it's so important and I feel like this is probably something that I sort of really help mothers with is allowing them to actually have that space to grieve, you know, or have that space to be angry or frustrated or say what it is that, you know, they can't maybe say to someone else because, you know, they might call the (laughs) call child service protection. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) You know? But I feel like it's a lot of the time we go through the process of motherhood and we don't allow ourselves those spaces to 
I mean, even something as simple, and this is nowhere near on the level what you've experienced, but even just the process of like my daughter going to school the five days a week, I over the over the Christmas holidays, I've been grieving and I've been really sad and I've been really feeling into those feelings and allowing myself to process that. And there's so many points in motherhood that we grieve, you know, there's so many transitions and there's so many next steps. And sometimes we can just rush past that process of like, and be like, oh no, it's really positive and only see the silver lining. Or like you said, go straight to the processes of, okay, what is it do I need to do next? How can I help my child? You know, going straight from diagnosis to like, what do we do next? Instead of having that space to be like, oh, this really isn't what I'd hoped for. This really isn't what I expected. And it all comes back to, you know, our expectations and our expectations, we can shift and we can change those. But I think if we don't allow ourselves that space first to really say, you know, this isn't what I what I wanted or what I expected, it just allows us to be honest and open, but not manifest in it. You know, we're not staying there. We're just allowing that to pass through. So then we can be like, okay, I'm with this new idea of how life is now going to look and how can we make it better for me and for my child and and the family unit um, moving forward. So I thought as well, reminding yourself that you're not your child. um, And I think we can get so caught up in parenthood of like what we want our child to be like and what we expect them to be like and how we want parts of our childhood to be parts of their childhood. And there's so many things that we project onto our children. um, And it really does come back to this sort of self-awareness and, you know, realizing that we're not our child they're their own human being and no matter what we do they're going to live how they want to live um, and we're there to support and guide not to control and direct them in the path that we want them to go down yeah I think I'm sort of in the throes of that especially right now um, because Mm. William's now in um, year eight at school those I think those early childhood years you know you're kind of opening the doors to all the experiences so you know in primary school like you know let's try basketball let's try guitar lessons let's do this or that whatever they want to do because they change their mind every five seconds Um, (laughs) but you know let's just have a go and then when you get to that stage Williams like this is a classic example his his report at the end of um, school last year he got academic awards for Japanese and maths and all of his scores all through the year were almost 100% like wow was amazing to me because I can't do maths to save myself and he he loves um, to rub that in my face but um, (laughs) he did so brilliantly well in those two and then all the other subjects it was you know very low marks or work not even submitted and we had that conversation with him about how you need to kind of set yourself up for the future and he says well I'm not interested in those things so I don't really care 
And I said, yeah, fair enough. You don't have to be interested in everything you do and you don't have to like everything. I don't like Mm. a lot of things I do either. But unfortunately, at the end of your schooling life, if you want to go, for example, and and go and do computer science, they're not just going to grade you on how well you did in, you know, maths and Japanese. They're going to grade you across the board. Mm. And so, you know, I'm not asking you to get straight A's. I would never ask that of him. All I'm asking is that you just submit the work. <laughs> just yeah. give it a go. You know, you don't have to be great at everything, but you have to just give it a go, you know, in that challenge where we're we're going, okay, this is Will, this is his interest and that's what he's going to do. But we also mm. need to give him those tools to just have a go at things even when you don't want to as well. And that's that's been a bit challenging um, with him. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. the same with my other kids too. Like, you know, when we say to them, like Thomas has just decided he wants to stop karate and he desperately wanted to try soccer. So we went last night to the soccer tryout and it was very full on. <laughs> he comes running off halfway through, we're not doing this, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I thought, well, you've had a go and you can tick that off and you can rule it out now. But they're all so different and um, it's all it's all just having a go at things and, you know, accepting that they're all going to just follow their own path. It doesn't kind of really matter how much you might push in one area or another Mm. in the end they're their own person and I I kind of it makes me really appreciate my own parents even more over the years as well like I think Mm. in the first couple of years of parenthood you're like well I'm not going to do this even though my parents did it because you know Mm. I have different ideas and opinions because I'm going to be my own parent (laughs) yeah yeah you know, and, and you've got your parents saying, oh, back in my day we never did this or that (laughs) And, Mm. and while sometimes it can be helpful other times really want to form your own pathway but it sort of made me really appreciate the fact that my parents had a lot of challenges in their own personal lives as well as their own their parenting journey as Mm. well as that each individual one of my siblings deal with while trying to parent me so it kind of makes you look back at your own you know teenagers especially and kind of go oh my gosh I I was giving them such a hard time but they were (laughs) they were dealing with so many things at the one time I I think no matter what child you have or how many children or whatever you still might be dealing with relationship issues and Mm. money problems and you know medical things of your own on top of your your children so um, I think everyone just kind of has to give themselves a little bit of a break (laughs) yeah and yeah though having those moments to kind of go this isn't what I really was thinking was going to happen it gives you that chance to just breathe for a minute and go, okay, it's not going that way. Mm. We're going to just shift it now and go, okay, well, what can we do about it? Where are we going to go from here? I think that's really um, important for everyone to kind of go through that process and it, it can kind of shock you when it comes up, I guess. Yeah. Different age groups or whatever thing you might be facing at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you feel you found most beneficial on your motherhood journey so far? It's kind of hard to answer that really. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I was really to try and sum it up, it would just be that, you know, everything that your child is going through, you're also going through and it's always a chance to learn Mm. and grow and change or evolve in some way through my own children and watching them overcome struggles and even if they were feeling horrible for the day, still getting through a school day and things like that, I've watched them 
succeed even even if they're small things to mm. jumping over those hurdles and things I think has made me as an individual kind of go you know we can do it mm. you need the right encouragement and whether that comes from you know a, an outside source or when if you learn those tools to encourage yourself I think that's really important and then you start to achieve things for your own self too I think you've got to sort of not forget that you you're not just a mother like mm. your life just because you've got children your life isn't only about your motherhood it's about yourself as an individual too but you can learn so much from the things you witness your kids yeah doing and achieving or struggling through and and mm. use all of those things you've learned to go hey I'm going to I'm going to do something that's just for me, even if it's mm. five minutes a day. <laughs> yeah, because I I went through that time of forgetting myself amongst motherhood. And yeah. that part of me starting my little business was this was something that was just for me to achieve as well as using it as a tool to have some downtime and um, something to be passionate about that wasn't mm. just about parenting. I kind of ended up being the go-to person for a lot of people talking about um, children with additional needs. Um, okay. Even teachers at, at the school my kids were at were saying, oh, you should go talk to Nicole because she, she'll know stuff. And I was more than happy to share things with people, like absolutely, and, and I gained a lot of friendships from that. But in the end I was like, I'm not just a special needs mum. I'm also a mum to a brilliant, amazing kid who is separate from that diagnosis and I'm, mm. I'm also a mother to three other amazing children and I'm also just me <laughs> yeah so I didn't want to just be all about additional needs and things it is something really important and, and close to my heart to talk about as well yeah and I love that and I think what I'm hearing you say to mothers that are listening out there is Find something of your own that gives you the joy or lights you up or that you're passionate about that you can have and do just for you. But what else I heard you say was, and this gets talked about a hundred times over on my podcast and all the time, but we can learn so much from our children and they can help us build resilience. You know, we're not just teaching them. They are always teaching us if we're open to learning and listening and being more equal in our relationship with them it's not always got to be us giving we can receive a lot from them if we're open to it as well which I think is a really beautiful message yeah 100% and I think for for any parent who do have children with additional needs the kids are not just in that category either I think sometimes Mm. when you when you get immersed in that world of of whatever it is, whether you're connecting with other parents who share children with the same medical diagnosis or, you know, of a health condition or anything, you kind of have to remember too to look beyond that as well. It's not all yeah. about, um, I, I've even had some therapists in the past say, oh, well, your child's sort of in this box now. You'd be better off staying sort of in that box and making friends within that box and then that's immersing yourself in that world and I think for a small time that was helpful but Mm. that box is is one box in the world there's so much else around them and and you've got to kind of help your child and, and help yourself learn to yes be very aware and accepting and embracing of the condition whatever it is that they have but also mm. things and filtering in things of, of the rest of the world and, and kind of 
putting it all together, yeah, you just, I think you don't have to like just be in that category of of, uh, motherhood or of children. Yeah. And I think that's why it's really important to have those friendship groups and family members and that of all different walks of life because you can Mm. all of those things too, even if somebody doesn't understand exactly what it's like to have a child at home who's causing a lot of difficulty um they could be the the person that you sort of escape with and just (laughs) yeah you know have conversation it's not about all of that for a while Um, yes yeah Mm. I think that's just really important to to not categorize yourself so much too yeah like I think it's important um you know that you you get the diagnosis um and allow that to you know take the things that you need from it and leave what you don't and the label is not something that you you need you know you don't have to keep yourself under that label and like you say in that little box yeah. it's just there to support you moving forward so you've got a better understanding and you know better you've got some better tools to actually be able to support your child um in that capacity and because I think a lot of probably some of my listeners they would be more on the cautious side of wanting to use labels or get diagnosis because you know I don't want my kid to be labeled or put in a box but I think there's an importance in that but also like you said they're not constraining yourself then to that and being like oh we can't do this because my boy is autistic or we can't do this because xyz you know that really shows how difficult I guess that it is to live in this society where we do have such a stigma um around mental health and also disabilities and health conditions but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just tell us a little bit more about your business and what you're doing. So what is it that you offer and a little bit about your blog and then we'll finish up for today. Yeah, sure. So I, I specialise sort of in making baby and toddler range of clothing and I really love to make, to use like really soft stretchy fabrics and things um I think my main focus is making sure whatever they're wearing is not only really cute but just easy to play in and really comfortable um Mm. I feel like so many of the like really cute little outfits are sometimes quite restrictive when they're playing (laughs) my kids wouldn't have dealt with that at all (laughs) so no (laughs) yeah that's kind of the fabrics I use are always soft and stretchy and um yeah just fairly easy to throw on and play in and that's sort of my main focus and yeah just some accessories that kind of go with it that you know are just fun and cute I also love to make really like fun silly looking prints I think if you can't run around in something really leery and crazy when you're a toddler like when can you do it (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love to use really fun looking prints for the kids too um and and just different to what to what's in a, a lot of big chain stores and things like that. Yes. Uh, for mums uh, at the moment, um, I do make a few things that just kind of make things easier, like school drop-offs and stuff. If you can't, I don't know, like me, I'm trying to carry how many school bags and whatever else and I just <laughs> I never know where to put my keys and I was getting sick of trying to shove them down my top because I don't have big enough boobs to hold it all. So <laughs> I just came up with a few things that would just make just everyday life for mums a bit easier. 
So I've got a little range of that. And sometimes we include products from other local small businesses to um, make some Mother's Day hampers and things. So Oh, gorgeous. Past we've used some beautiful um, shower steams and things from uh, from another local business in the Yarra Valley in Victoria. So, yeah, I kind of like to partner with other little small businesses as well to create things like that. So, yeah, and with my blog, I kind of post when I can. <laughs> um, I don't have a really regular time that I upload things. It's really just I'm trying to be a bit more realistic about my time. <laughs> Yeah. It's just sort of when something comes to me that I go, hey, I reckon that could probably help someone. I'll write something and pass it on. So I I did actually have a blog on another platform, which I closed um, a couple of years ago, and I I will slowly start to refresh those blog posts and upload them over time. But, yeah, that's sort of where we're at. I've got a big market coming up on the weekend, so I'm trying to frantically prepare for that at the moment. So, yeah. Awesome. I love that. I will put everything in the show notes on how to connect with you and also the blog and, and all that as well. Um, and I think that you put in there as well that there was a special code for listeners. Yes. Um, that if they wanted to buy something, then there's also a little code in there so they could get, was it 15% off or something? Yeah, 15% off your total order and, yeah, just using the code podcast and you can pop that in at the checkout. Awesome, beautiful. Um, well, thank you for coming and sharing your time with us today. I've really enjoyed our little chat. <laughs> thank you for having and, me. It was um, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, and you. So if you've got any listeners, if you've got any feedback on the on the podcast, please reach out to me or reach out to Nicole. I'm sure she would be happy to answer any questions that you've got and um yeah we will see you all next week namaste